coming to you live from Rob's living room. It's the Mike and Rob podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Rob. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the third episode of the Mike and Rob podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Rob. You're Rob? Rob. Oh, Rob. That makes much more sense because... I don't know. Kinda, I'm kind of into Rub now. Hey, Rob. What's up, Rob? How's it going, eh? <laughs> Can we get a loony for a bag of milk? <laughs> bag of milk? Um, so, yeah, this is our third episode. Um, we are coming to you live from Rob's living room. But it's not really. We're actually in the office kind of den area today. It's my beat laboratory. It's where I put put together my beats. Is it your beat laboratory or did you say bee laboratory? No beats. Oh, like, I heard bee. Like my drum beats. I thought no. you were doing experiments on bees. No. Are you the reason the bees are dying out, Rob? Are they? You've never heard of this? Maybe you should do better out, research on the bees. I went outside and there was a huge, like, there's this bush just, like, filled with bees. Oh, I guess that problem's over. All, all very busily, like, being being bees. That's great, then. I guess that whole crisis, gone. It's over. That's great. They figured That's, it out. So the pollination thing's going to keep going. That's terrific. Mm-hmm. So uh, welcome to our third episode. We are going strong here. My God, you know, we are number one. The number one podcast in the whole nation. No, I didn't say that. Yeah, no, in the whole nation. I just said we're number one in the world. I'm not gonna give any qualifying um, statement to okay. how we're number one or on what chart or anything. That's better when you do that. Like, yeah, we we have the best podcasts around. Like, I always love commercials. Well, the radio that. stations say we play the best hard rock music, or it's like in compared to what, like. <laughs> Guns N' Roses as a band? No, you don't, because they are pretty consistent with the rock and roll music. So, as yeah, a station, consistent with the rock and roll music. Yes. So uh, this episode's going to be uh, getting back into some stuff that we didn't talk about in the second episode. Oh, back to that. That uh, what was it? We were question just... about South America. No, no, no. Oh, fuck that. Oh, Sorry, well. Russ. I hit. I hicked up. I hicked up just there. What did you have? Put on a cowboy hat. Uh, no, it's just, you know, we're actually wearing Battle of the Bay hats, you and me, at the moment. I'm wearing my San Francisco Giants hat, and, uh, Rob is wearing his Oakland Athletics hat, and I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm actually a bigger A's fan, Yeah. as is Rob. I just happen to be one of those people who doesn't think you have to have an allegiance to one over the other, especially here in the Bay Area. I don't either. Because they are on different... Uh, different leagues so they hardly ever play each other and when they do it's almost like it doesn't count they play each other every year yeah they play each other every year in, in interleague play mm-hmm. but it's kind of like yay we're all everybody can come to these games and you know root for somebody because yeah you go to the game and you figure you can't lose yeah because you're like yeah if the a's win i'm happy for the a's if the giants win i'm happy for the giants but Nothing really happens, and there's three billion games in a season, so what's it really matter? Yeah, I mean, whoever the win helps out more. Always. That's kind of nice, but but uh, yeah, I don't think it matters until you get to the World Series, and ha- we have a repeat of the 89 World Series, M- Sands Earthquake. See, I, I think, I disagree with you. I think that in that situation, that it, it makes, excuse me, even more so feel that, you know, I can't lose. The bigger the game... Right, the better. The You're still going to be cool with any outcome, but you should. You I, should. I mean, I'll be honest. I would prefer it if the A's won, just because I am a little. Yeah, bit yeah, I kind of like. And and I can get. And in. they haven't won it two times in the last five years, so 
Right. Giants had their time, and maybe it's time for Oakland. Have you heard the latest about a ballpark for Oakland? Uh, if you're referring to the new site near um, Jack London Square, yeah, they they're not really sure. Actually, I was listening. What to I heard is that some about it yesterday. Oh, were you? Well, not yesterday, but I guess a couple days ago. Yeah. That's apparently like a hazardous waste site. There's a lot right. of cleanup they'd, that has to be done. They'd have to do cleanup. And there's they'd have, there's like several businesses around there. Yep. There's a steel company and stuff, and they'd have to pay the steel company to move. To relocate, yes. And so there's a lot so, of additional costs that come along with putting the, the yes. stadium there. And I think there are people that would be happy to make that happen because... Uh, there's money to be made by having a ballpark there. If the city of Oakland's smart, they'll figure it out because if the A's leave, that's a big revenue source. What's really, yeah, what's really crazy is the idea of uh, it all being up to one guy or two guys, Lou Wolf and his partner that own the A's. Yeah. Uh, they're like, no, we don't want to keep them A's in Oakland. We want all the money in the world. We want to go to San Jose. I don't think they're opposed to staying in I'm Lou Wolf. And I talk like this because I'm a jerk. That'd be so cool if you actually talked like that. I do. I'm Lou Wolf. I'm here talking to you on the podcast because I wanted to get the word out about the ballpark and where I stand on the whole thing. I don't care about baseball or fans or nothing. I just like money. The only green and gold I care about is cold hard cash and cold hard gold bullion. Cold hard gold? Yeah. Cold gold? Yeah, I like those things. I like money and power and women. But first you get the money, and then you get the power, and then you get the women. <laughs> What's that from? Scarface. Okay. Just kidding. It wasn't Lou Wolf. It was me, you guys. That was yeah. Mike Wood. That was me. Sorry, I was in on it the whole time. Oh, Rob, you ravelly, ravelly rascal. I hope you guys can forgive me for participating in such a ruse. Oh. And, but, you know, you know, your confidence has been shaken. Yeah. But uh, in time, perhaps the listeners will learn to love again. Or just not to trust me. Or to just not listen to the podcast anymore. Because they yeah. feel duped. Well, you know. So you want to watch it? We're only like a little, a couple minutes into the third episode. Could you please not offend the listenership that coldly and that evilly? What's, I was entertaining. What's the listenership? Is that it's, like, oh, we're a ship. Oh, really? Listenership. That's, that's the joke you're going with? What's yeah. listenership? <laughs> That's where we're going? Yeah. No. So what I wanted to uh, get to, besides talking about the A's, um, was the fact that we left off our first podcast talking about our history a little bit, uh, uh -huh. so that those who don't know, and even some people who know us but don't know as much as we know about each other, um, what happened when we moved in together in San Diego, and we're going to kind of take it up to the present Ooh, day from was, there. Those are some crazy days. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We had a chimenea. You remember the four foot tall lawn that we had? Oh, when we moved in, it it's was like we kind of normal height. Corn, corn back there, and we let it we let it go out of control. We just never. When you don't mow a lawn over the course of the summer, you'd be amazed at like what happens. You know, Shakespeare said in the play Hamlet, uh, "Tis an unweeded garden that grows to seed." Dude was right. Our unweeded garden grew to seed, Malfa. Grew all up in that BS. Oh, cray cray. <laughs> It'd be seeding and shit. Old Billy was right. Oh, Old damn. Billy was right. So, oh, damn. that unwe unweeded garden, oh my god, we 
eventually busted out a lawnmower. We didn't have a, have a lawnmower for a long time, right? We did. We didn't actually. <laughs> sorry, we did not. Uh, Jeff had to borrow some, like, <laughs> uh, maybe he found it in a field or something. And he had the a truck. He had a pickup truck. So, so janky. He just grabbed it. Um, so janky. It was a janky lawnmower. So And it was electric, too. So every time we would, like, hit a patch of grass, it would just died. stop. It died. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Batteries can't handle this. <laughs> <laughs> like... Or what you'd that have sound? to oh, Jeff's just mowing the the trees. Right, there's that, or it ran into a gopher or some other small animal. Could have been a cat, someone's neighbor, some neighbor's cat that we just ran over. Cat, no, I'm just saying there could have been anything in there, and as you're mowing, you never would have known until it was too late. Well, hopefully, hopefully, whatever animals were in there were able to recognize the sound of a of pending no, electric I think mower. They heard, that. They heard <laughs> and yeah, they were like, duh. What the hell is that? And they would come a little closer. <laughs> I'm just going to get closer. And, and they're like, I've happens. heard lawnmowers. That's not what they sound like. So I think I'm okay. And then they'd get over there and it would, it would kind of murder them. But, um, I moved in. Uh, so basically you guys were living, you and a gentleman named Jeff, Jeff, and uh, which is G E O. He's a G off. He's a G off. And um, how did you know this gentleman? You were living with him in San Diego when I came down there. Yeah, uh, moved to an off-campus apartment. So you guys went to school together? Uh, yeah, we did. Well, we went to school at the same time. I wouldn't necessarily say that we went together. Okay. You guys didn't have classes together or anything? No. How did you meet him? I didn't even figure that out. Well, I was telling the story, and then you interrupted me. No, you said you, you got an off-campus apartment together. but Yes, and I was... Anyway. Um, so I was... Uh, Roommates with this guy named Nick Anderson. Right, I remember Nick. And uh, Nick Nick was a cool guy, good good roommate to have. A little eccentric sometimes, but <laughs> like to listen to some loud music at like seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's always fun. in an apartment building. Uh, so that was interesting. But um, other than that, really cool guy. But um, anyway, he used to buy uh, well, let's say products. Yeah. Goods. He used to buy spices. Goods and services. He used to buy spices from uh, from our neighbors. Oregano? All, all kinds, yeah. <laughs> Oregano, thyme. thyme. Some parsley, maybe. Kush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, um, a, that's one of those. I, you ever put a nice kush rub on a, on a steak before yeah. you throw it on the grill? Yeah. It really does something magical to the meat. Yeah, kush. And to anyone um, standing around the grill. Blue Dream Haze. Right. And, and um, you know, a regular... Uh, good, Salt and pepper can do wonders too. It's yeah. really... <laughs> so he was very avid about spices, right? Yeah. So yeah, he used to go Barbecue over there, man. and um, then uh, in a duplex that was oh Jeff s- would come over. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Nick would go over there. Oh, to where this gentleman Jeff was living. Correct. Okay. Uh, but Jeff just also happened to live at the place where the spice Jeff... the spice vendor also lived. Oh, the spice vendor. Yes. Yes. Okay. He had his cart. He would go out every day. He had a little garden in the backyard. <laughs> yes. No, actually, he didn't grow any of his spices. <laughs> oh, I see. So there was yet another chain of command yeah. here. That was that was a guy named... named uh, you don't need to name the spice vendor we'll, here. We'll call him Steve. He was... Just because he was an interesting character. That's um, a good name for an interesting character. Yeah, he would... Uh, so Nick would go over there and he would buy... He would buy... Uh, things. Things from him. 
And uh, Jeff just also happened to live in the apartment along with our good friend Chadwick. Hey, Chadwick! Hey, buddy! So that's how I met them, because I would ask Nick, like, hey, I need spices, too. Yeah, you're where, cooking. Where do Got I get some pork chops where growing. Where do you get your spices? And Nick was like, well, you know, you could probably get them over at this place. So I would go over there. And He uh, said, I know a guy who can Steve, get you your spices. Steve, the spice monger, would... Um, <laughs> He was very generous with his spices. Uh, he would just, it was just constant. Do I know this spice monger? I don't think you ever oh, met okay. him. Okay. He was, he was kind of a, he was an interesting person. Okay. Um, there was a number of interesting people in San Diego had, when I got down there. He had, a, he had a girlfriend who was just like one of the most annoying people I've ever met. Ever. I may know this person, but that's okay. No, uh, maybe not. She like... <laughs> She was uh, she was extremely overweight, and had a, a penchant for flopping into chairs as she sat down into them. So Jeff had this. I wouldn't. I don't know. If it like was a like nice, throwing all her weight into it all at once. Just she would just like just the legs would just give out as she went to sat down. It wasn't like just setting herself down in a chair. It was like yeah, lowering flop. Just like I am now here. Um, like a meteor falling to earth. Exactly. <laughs> exactly not so graceful exactly uh so she, jeff had this recliner that she would always sit in apparently when she was there this is the this is the third third party telling of the story uh, uh-huh. um and so she always she would always sit in this chair and be like this is my chair like it's mine and jeff's like well no it's mine like i bought that chair it's my Recliner, Technically I wanna, speaking, I want to sit in it. And she's like, "No, it's my chair. You can go sit over there." And Jeff's a Jeff's a nice guy, so he just he didn't put he up a fight. Just, yeah, he wasn't gonna get into it with her like that, and so he would just go sit somewhere else. How did she talk again? How did that go? This is my chair. That's pretty you good voice. You can you you go sit somewhere else. This is my chair, and so That's lovely. One day, <laughs> it must when be they were a lovely show. She she goes to sit in the chair and she flops in the chair and it was like one of those chairs that had like a round stand with like a single post uh-huh. that went into the bottom of like the chair. Like a swivel kind of yeah, swivel, swivel around. Swivel around. She flopped down in the chair and the thing just completely broke off. Collapsed. The post. Oh, it she, came off the post. It broke the broke the metal post that was holding the chair up. And she just like stands up, Oh my god, I am not that fat. Like <laughs> Just don't even, like, got all upset that everyone was laughing at her. <laughs> Didn't apologize for breaking the chair or anything like that. It was just, like, that, yeah. was, that was the chair's fault, not you know, mine. It, it, you know, people are, are people, and they're good people and bad people, and has nothing to do with their weight. But um, if you're breaking chairs... It's time to open your eyes. And I'm not even, I mean, so That's much. So she, would, so she was overweight. It was just like her attitude, like the world, everyone owed her something. And One of those like, people. She was like a princess. Nothing she said was wrong. Whenever it was her birthday, like everybody had to do whatever they said. And if they didn't, she Whatever was, she said? Yeah. <laughs> and if they didn't, she would just like break down and get upset. Break their chairs? It's my birthday. I can break you a chair if I want. Whatever I want. Just like uh, that sounds like a lovely person to be in a relationship with. Oh uh, yeah, I don't get it. Dude. I, there's there's more to that story that just goes. So you so you knew I'm this to tell, but yes, so you knew they, this Jeff guy from certain connections you had. Yeah, and we used to hang out at that place a lot for the spices during college. During college, yes, okay. for the spices, but also for and you the, graduated in the uh, year of our Lord, 
2004. Four. Did you really? Yeah. You were going to school for a little while there, huh? <laughs> what do you mean? I graduated from San Diego State in three and a half years. <laughs> yeah, but you graduated from high school in 1998. Well, you know, I, I also went to Diablo Valley College for three years. As did years. I. So, <laughs> you know, then another three and a half years at San Diego State and I was out. I'm gone, like the wind. Yeah, well, I tried I tried my hand at being a computer science major. Right, we was, touched on that a little bit. That you was a that suited. didn't. That didn't uh, yeah. So then you got into studying something else? Uh, well, then I was just like, let's, I just want the fuck out of here. So it was like, what, what, what major can I get into with my extraordinarily low GPA? Now, Rob, you are probably one of, if not the best friend I have. Well, I don't, you. I don't know what your major was. It didn't matter. That's why you <laughs> That's what you majored in. You majored in, eh. I majored in a degree. <laughs> that's, that's what I majored in. I was what? majoring, I majored in economics because. Okay. At that the time, I had a 2.3 GPA. And, and being as good with numbers as you were, you figured, that's not so great. Well, I was like, oh, I'll just go into business, and I'll do, I'll get into business school. They're like, you need a 2.9. I'm like, okay, well, how many, how many semesters of straight A's would I have to get in order to bring my grade up to a 2.9? And the counselor starts entering numbers into a calculator, like, for hours, just <laughs> doing this. And she's like... You have to get straight A's for like the next three years before you'd even be eligible. Some astronomically really? long like figure like that. Like two years, <laughs> three years. I'm just like, okay, fuck that. <laughs> what can I get into now? And I believe that my choices Bullet. were... <laughs> close. <laughs> it was economics or communications. Economics, you needed a 2.3, which is exactly what I had. In communications, you needed like a 2.1 because it's a like, phony major. So what you're telling me is that uh, like, communications people and economics people, they're not quite as smart as the business people. Well. In general. I'm not going to put the word smart on there because <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. You're right. It's I, true. I, Grading that system I and just, all that. I hated doing homework. Studying, doing homework. And that's like what college is all about. It's all it it's is. It's like you are here to just get a general sense of what I want for you for this hour In the half. class, right. And then the... I expect an additional... 60 to 70,000 hours of studying each week. From <laughs> More hours than there actually are class. in the week, right. And when I was in computer science, they had us taking like all these classes. Like I get the math. Like I had to do um, calculus one, calculus two. I got through calculus two by like the skin of my teeth. And then they also wanted us to take science classes. Like I had to take either chemistry or biology I'm like, I get that it's computer science, but what about computers? Does biology have to do with any of this? Biology of a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I need to know the life cycle of a, of a fungus in order to be able to compute? To if you have to ask, mode? you don't belong here. Apparently not. So I didn't have to do any of that stuff. I know. Ever. Well, you took you picked a fun major. I picked a fun major, and I'm and uh, you know. What was yours like? Would you My just like going to classes, school. like just watching movies all day long? There were those classes, yeah. And and what's weird is you'd go at you know an eight o'clock class, and you you were up until two in the morning the night before. Mm -hmm. You were. I was. I'm a night owl. I'm always up late. Um, I was up till like four last night. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it could be hard to stay awake in certain classes, especially if you're watching, uh, Unchien Andilu. And uh, through a glass darkly and things like that, and you're like, Le Ballon Rouge. <laughs> hey, that's a good movie, and it's yeah. short. <laughs> like ten minutes. It's like forty minutes. It's not a long movie to sit through. Well, how long could you seriously chase a balloon before you just fucking give up? <laughs> or catch it? <laughs> or catch it? <laughs> well, it was kind of a magical balloon. 
Was it? Oh yeah, it, it had a life of its own. It kind of like, was like put out a fire in a building. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just like bumps into a fire a fire hydrant and thing just starts no water everywhere. That's that's if the balloon is good. If it's evil, it set the fire. Ooh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a twist? How do, how do you say it in French again? Uh, well, I said ballon rouge, but that's not how you say balloon. That's <laughs> ballon is ball. Okay, so let's say let's say that that's the word since I don't know what the word is. But if it was an evil balloon, it would be la ballon rouge. Maybe it'd be la ballon noir. <laughs> awesome. Um, no, it was like uh, get up in the morning, go to class, and watch a movie, or learn about how film works. <clears throat> learn about how um, the silver halide uh, pieces in the emulsion of a film slide turn into the image by casting light on them and then putting them through a bath of chemicals and how does that form into images on a, a frame of film. So if you were to take the film out of a camera after just having shot it and like looked at the film, you wouldn't see the images on that. No, it's first of all, you would have exposed it to the light. So um, you would have ruined everything. Yes, you would ruin everything. Um, and so that's another reason we don't use film so much these days is its temperamentality. And, um, flammability. Yes. All those wonderful things. Um, yeah. And actually there's money's worth, many money's worth of silver in a film reel. That's what made film pretty expensive. Huh. It's actually got silver in it. Um, so yeah, you'd go to either class and, and, uh, talk about the history of film. Um, you know, who did what first and why are there, you know, who, why are there famous names in film? You'd study things about uh, concepts and editing and uh, just every every aspect. We learned everything. And, and this was at San Francisco State, not the greatest film school in the world, but we still got a great education. It's really what you put into it is what you get out of it. So mm. the more you do your own homework, and that's when Netflix started. Um, wasn't streaming. There was no internet powerful enough to stream movies yet, and it wasn't hooked up to our TVs yet. Yeah. Um, I would just... It, well, what happened was we were working the summer before I went there to, at Kids Country. Yeah. And I started telling people when I got it, I got accepted to San Francisco State for film school. Oh, my God, you guys, I'm going to film school. And some of the older guys we worked with, Jason, Hurley, AJ, Sams, uh, they were like, that is so cool. And they were really happy for me. And they started talking movies at me. Now, they were a little older than us. And, um, and they were like, oh, did you ever see this movie? Oh, no, I... I never saw that movie. You didn't see that movie? Oh my god, you got to see that movie. What about what about this movie and this movie? You've, you've seen those, right? Actually, I don't think I've heard of those. You've never even heard of those movies? And so I they hate it when people do that. But what it did, it scared me. It made me go, "What am I doing? <laughs> I don't know anything about movies." And I kind of felt it's stupid. You're going to school to learn this stuff. They're going to teach it to you. Yeah. You don't have to know it going in. But I kind of felt like. Maybe I'm not going to know as much as the other kids, and they'll try to talk to me about movies like this too, and I won't know what, I, what I'm, they're talking about. And so I just went nuts with Netflix. I made a list of like 500 movies, just by director. Like here's their most famous movies. Everybody I could think of, and went through internet movie database was a thing back then. Um, so any, was, any directors you watch, you're just like, I don't get it. Like I, people um, say, this guy's a great director. And I don't see it. Yeah. Um, yes, the person I did not get was Robert Altman. Uh, now, he did The Player. Yep. Uh, he did, um, you know, he, he did the Popeye movie in the 80s. Remember that? That's right. So he did those, and uh, I could handle those, I suppose. 
I never got the praise. This guy did a million movies, but I never got the praise that he got. Um, he well, was... didn't really direct anything yet. What? You haven't really directed anything yet. That's why you haven't gotten the same kind of praise. No, I didn't get the. Pr- I didn't understand the praise oh. he was getting from from. Uh, I didn't. I was never gonna. I'm never going to get the praise he got. Yeah, I hate it. When he I did Mash. Like... Do you remember? We watched the movie Mash. Mash was we, good. We had a, a film history class at BBC. Remember that? Was Mash one of them? I think that was one of the movies Are we watched sure? there. I don't think it Pretty was. sure, because I remember finding out that the theme song to Mash had lyrics. Yeah, that's in the movie. And the, like, you really remember the name of the song? Says, you suicide know is Painless. Suicide is Painless is the name of the yeah, theme song. Yeah, like, like super depressing. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that was the theme song to like one of the most famous comedy shows on TV. Right! <laughs> of all time. Did anybody watch the... I mean, everybody watched the last episode of that. He did The last movie he did was A Prairie Home Companion. Wow. It's okay. an NPR show done by... Um, Garrison Keillor. Yeah. And God, Garrison Keillor. Exactly. Like, like my parents' hero. Exactly. A generation before us thinks he's hilarious. He is. He is not. Yeah. He is so not to me. And <laughs> the Simpsons ripped on him. He was standing there on TV telling a story about Lake Wobegon or something. And the whole Simpsons family sitting there staring at the screen, total blank faces. And he finishes the joke and everyone laughs on TV. And the Simpsons are just staring at it. Homer gets angry. He gets up, hits the TV, and says, Stupid TV, be more funny. And that summed it up for me. It's like, that is exactly how I feel. So that sums up how I feel about Robert Altman, too. He would make a movie out of A Prairie Home Companion and do Garrison Keillor's radio show and bring it to life or whatever the hell he did. I don't know. Um, I just didn't understand his sensibilities. He did Gosford Park. I actually went and saw that in the theater because I thought I was being an intelligent film goer or something and I hated every minute of it. I, yeah, it was, it was really so boring. boring and I, nothing I went to go see that too because my brother was an Altman He's fan. an Altman fan, right? He was a total yeah, Altman Yeah, and he, he was like, oh yeah, we're going to go see it. I don't even think he liked it. Robert Altman. I don't get... So anyway, he was one of those ones I never got. Um, so people were really into like... the. Uh, there was certain people at my school. Of course, I went to school in San Francisco, which is like 98% Asian population at that <laughs> school. So there was a lot of people who loved Kung Fu movies and, um, you know, John Woo and stuff like that. And I, so I would watch some early he Chinese films. John Woo movies. I mean... No, I don't mean in America. He was... He, they would go, oh, well, he came to America and he got totally commercial and that's bullshit. Uh, His okay. stuff in, from China is fucking brilliant. Oh my god, you gotta uh, see it. Okay. You gotta see Hard really Boiled. Like yeah. Kind of talk like that friend of yours is girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my chair. Yeah, you should see John Woo's early movies. Yeah, and I can sit where I want. Yeah, John Hard Boiled is really an amazing film. <laughs> but I would watch those movies again. I don't really get it. And I still, you know, I have a weird eclectic. Uh, type of movies that I like. So and it's random. Sometimes I do like really artistic artsy fartsy movies mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't. So, um, I've, I'm at an age now where I'm like, screw it. I like what I like. You like what you like. I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but film school was fun for a couple of years and then I was up. Um, and then I, like I said on the last pot or first podcast, uh, I went and worked a job for a year at a desk and I said, screw it. I'm out of here. I moved to San Diego you and Jeff were living together, but it was just the two of you at that apartment? No. Uh, Nick, Nick was also there. He was there. So I drove down yeah. in my 1991 black Mitsubishi 3000 GT. I love that car. Almost. No. 
<laughs> license plate didn't say full bolst. That just doesn't even sound like a thing. It sounds like you have phlegm in your throat. It, it said better, full it blast. It said full blast, and that's just how I live my life, man. Like, turn it up to 11 and rock out. And and the car went kind of fast, too, sometimes. So that was my theme, man. Before the engine blew up. Right. Well, <laughs> it didn't blow up. It just didn't. It burned few, uh, oil in the combustion chambers, and a lot of smoke would come out of the back of my car. That's an, uh, another story for another podcast. But um, So I get down to San Diego. I go to your place, and you're like, here's San Diego. Check it out. And here's my friends. And, and you, me, and um, Jeff... And our mutual friend, Reuven, who was uh, not living down... Was he living... He was living yeah, in the San Diego he was County. down there. He was living in San Diego County, but not in the neighborhood near you guys. Right. And uh, we said, we're going to get a house together. So yeah. while you guys were working, I hopped in the car and went around and found lots of places that we could potentially live at and eventually found the one. And I came back and I remember saying, I found it. Like, this yeah. is where we're going to live. Uh-huh. And you guys were I remember like, you took care of all that stuff. Well, you know, I was the one that had the time to do it. And so I figured, what the hell? And yeah. it's what I wanted, too. So I felt some responsibility to um, make it easy on you guys while you were going to school and working and stuff like that. And you weren't going to school, but Jeff was. Yeah. Um, and Reuben was working a day job. You were working a day job. I wasn't. I was free. So uh, I found a house on Arendo Drive, That's or right. the corner of Arendo Drive. The Arendo house, as we called it, which was a three-bedroom, two Four bedroom? Four bedroom. Oh, that's right. There were four of us. You and me, Reuben and Jeff, and we all had separate rooms. We did. Four bedroom. You remember how much you paid in rent for that room? I want to say like five something. Well, after Lindsay moved in with Jeff, and she she was taking care of some of the rent too, like... It lowered it for all of us? Yeah, Reuben and I were paying like $375 a month. Yeah, it was cheap. I think I was paying like maybe 400 then. So, yeah, Yeah. it wasn't much more than you guys, but it was a little more because I had a slightly bigger room. Um... And my bedroom has always been my little sanctuary, like where I could just turn off the world and, and be alone. And that's, so I kind of wanted the biggest room, but Jeff ended up getting that one. Cause Hey, you got to house your reptiles somewhere. That's right. Well, I guess you and him both had reptiles. That wasn't until after I moved in though. That was right. That was a mistake. Cause really, well, yeah, I mean my, my brother and his wife. Well, no, Izzy was your dog. Izzy's my dog. But Uh, Eddie. Eddie. I, I, I confuse them because they're both kind of named after Eddie Izzard. Well, Izzy's name wasn't oh, okay. to do with him. But Eddie, Which, by the way, I found out is called, he, his name is Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Well, the comedian. Look him up, people. He's good times. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was until later, but uh, my brother and his wife grew or bred geckos. Oh, they did? Yeah, for a long time. Apparently they made some money. And so you got a bearded dragon? What is that? Well, she had a bearded dragon at one point. She was telling me about how cool they were. I'm like, oh, that does sound kind of cool. This is my little dragon friend. (laughs) So you imagined it being like a cartoon. And like the thing was, it was like the most neurotic lizard that ever lived. Every time I I picked it up, it would like freak out. Well, Well, yeah. Because I never took him out. If he was in his, in his terrarium he was Didn't fine. We, we would lose him in the backyard sometimes oh i would follow him around no was... but we lost him one time or something we couldn't find him we were like looking all around for him didn't we uh, yeah i think he ended up he was just in my room <laughs> like, was, like i think i found him like somewhere in the back of my closet like underneath a shoe or wait did he get out yeah I forget. so you I didn't take remember. him out no wow weird okay yeah. anyway so you you had a bearded dragon when we lived there, yeah, and I didn't leave him on supervised outside. I was like, I was, I was say, seriously worried that some bird was gonna... just gonna fly by and he'd be gone. I'd be like, ah, damn it. 
There goes however much money I just spent on all yeah, this Yeah, it was just like... Here's the worst part of you owning... Living with a person who's owning... And Jeff, I don't think, was as big of a problem with this. Do you know what I'm going to say is the worst problem of living with someone that has a bearded dragon for a pet? I don't know. The, the sheer dork factor of it? Well, no. That, I didn't oh, care. Because okay. you were like, yeah, I got a lizard. What about it? <laughs> You're kind of a cool guy about it. But what did you have to feed... Oh, yeah. Your we're gonna, lizard. We're gonna feed. That's not a euphemism, by the way. Like, feeding the lizard is not. <laughs> Fed him crickets. Ah, so you'd get a, a little basket of dead crickets, or how did that work? Oh, no, no, no. That was, that was the worst part about it. Yes. It was, like, <laughs> having to feed my pets food. No, you but to... you would have to go buy what? Oh, uh, you'd, buy, you'd buy some live crickets. Live crickets. And you'd get them in a bag. In a bag. With, like, a little piece of egg carton. And they would like stick in there, and then how many how many crickets are we talking here? Five, six? Oh no, like thirty to forty. Thirty or forty at a time. And uh, what do crickets like to do in their off time, which is always? Oh yeah, chirp. You didn't like that. Thirty or forty crickets chirping day and night. Well, they wouldn't all do it. I mean, you probably <laughs> oh. get like fifteen to twenty tops. at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was the worst part is that I would hear those all the time and you just and my personality sleep. <laughs> yeah, my personality being what it is, uh AD, I don't know if it's ADD or that it's just hypersensitivity. In, intolerance to anything out of the norm. <laughs> no, it's not intolerance. It's just I can't help but notice it. I cannot help it. Like I think I told you on a previous podcast about the person that has a smoke detector. No, I don't think I did. I mentioned it on Facebook and many people commented. There's somebody in my apartment complex or the neighboring one right now, right now and for the past several weeks, that their smoke detector is doing that beep. That beep. How do they? How can they stand every? Do they just not thirty seconds? Yeah. Is it you timed it? Yes. You did. You really? Oh yes. Because I wanted to see. Because at first I thought it might be happening in the house. Because you could hear it in the house, and I'm like looking around, and I'm you know as soon as I hear that, what should someone do? Replace the battery. Well, you just go into your drawer and pull out your supply of 9-volt batteries. That's what I do. Plunk it right in. Because I don't... Everyone has 9-volt batteries. I do. Laying around. Because... I hate 9-volt batteries. But I hate the chirping more. $10 a piece. (laughs) And anytime you need one, you don't have one because you're not going to spend $10 on a goddamn battery. Well, you know, I like them because when I was a kid um, and I was messing around with electronic stuff because I was cool like that. Mm-hmm. You could go to Radio Shack and you could buy this little thing. It was just a, a piece that if you ran a current through it, it would make a buzzing noise. Yeah. And so my friends and I would buy those and some 9-volt batteries and wrap them with ele- or with duct tape. Or no, not even duct tape or electrical tape. It was just scotch tape. And we'd build a little thing that you could hold in your hand. It was a 9-volt battery. And if the if the, co- the cord or the, the wire sat just a micro inch of, of millimeter above the... Uh, the connector, the connection on the battery. All you had to do was tap it and go me 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 me. And we just thought that was so cool that we built something electronic. <laughs> so I always thought nine volts were cool because of that. You ever touch your tongue to it? Yeah. Uh, kind of weird. Didn't do much for me. <laughs> it felt like your tongue was getting trying to get like sucked inside the battery. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. So I was like, this isn't fun. I'm gonna stop doing this now. Oh man. <laughs> I used to get so fucked up touching the battery on my tongue. Yeah, I've never had that attitude about it. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, you cannot do that, people. Don't try it. There is a place... I took my nephews to the um, Museum of uh, History or, or Life Aquatic... I don't know. What is it? It's in San Francisco. It's in the Golden Gate Park. Um, the MoMA. National or, Academy of Sciences? Probably what it is. 
And they have a thing there for the, the aquarium. The Steinhardt Aquarium is there. Yeah. And we took them in there, and there was a thing teaching about electric eels. And so you have one person touch this thing on the wall, and another person touch another thing over there, way over there on the wall. Now, they're about 10 feet apart. But if you get a couple other people to touch, hold hands across there, it connects a current. It says this is what it would feel like if an electric eel uh, didn't zap you to death, but basically you know, ran a current through you, it'd feel like this. And the kids were sitting there doing it going, oh, it feels cool. I came in there and did it, and I, it was instantly like the most uncomfortable feeling I've ever felt. It just, I'm like, I'm being electrocuted. I'm going to stop now. I just couldn't do it. It was so discomforting. It was weird. Anyway, um, so I go, I go down there. I find this house, and uh, we move in, and Reuben moves in. And um, we were there for only a few years. It was like maybe three years. About that. What maybe a little it? short of three years. What was the thing you remember most about that place? The wall. Duh. Duh. Uh, go to, um, I'm going to put pictures of the wall on, on our Twitter. So you can check out our Twitter and our Facebook page, and I'll have pictures of the wall up there. When we, There was a wall in the house that curved. curved around. As you came in the house, it was on your left, and uh, it was up about... Seven feet, not because no, if, if this was an eight foot ceiling, six and a half feet, six and a half feet like, high, yeah. and the ceiling at eight feet, so there's like a gap there for no reason. Yeah, it's like a wall should go to the ceiling, should it not? And then yeah, if it's gonna be there, and then it separate, it just separated like the dining area that was in the kitchen from like the which entry, wasn't a dining area. It was the just entry in the family room, which just, it didn't make any where the sense. TV was, and you always want to have the feng shui of being able to see the TV Open from the kitchen. Open floor plan, folks. Totally. Come on. This house was made in the 40s or something like that, right? Yeah, but that wall was put in afterwards. I'm yes, obviously. Guessing. And it was just an eyesore. Eyesore is the word for what that thing was. Yeah, it was painted stark white. It was brick, and then it was Plast all brick, it, it was and then plastered over, over the top of that, so it wasn't like it was white. drywall or no, it was like it was a blank canvas. It looked like a blank canvas. And we said, guess who lives here? Four dudes who don't give a damn. And we're just going to go to town on this thing. And we did. And we drew. We... I, know, I know that ended up being a little bit of a disappointment for you, though. Because Mike Mike wanted to put art on the wall. And wanted well... us to, to paint on the wall. Which he did. He painted this huge, awesome picture of Homer like busting yes. through the wall. Homer Simpson is bursting through the wall, which is a reference to... Uh, their Treehouse of, tree of Horror episode uh, parodying The Shining, yeah. an episode called The Shining. Yeah. And um, Homer bursts through the wall like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Yeah. Uh, first, and he says, the very first one he bursts through, there's no one, he says, here's Johnny, like in The Shining, but there's nobody there in the room. And so he goes, doe, and he goes to burst into another room, and he says, David Letterman. And only his father is sitting there going, Hi, David, I'm Grandpa. <laughs> and then the third wall, he busts through holding a stopwatch and going, I'm Ed, I'm Ed Shaver, I'm, Mor or I'm Morley Shaver, I'm Ed Bradley, and I'm whoever else from 60 Minutes. All this, all, all this and Andy Rooney on tonight on 60 Minutes. And that's where the family is, and they scream and run away, which was a brilliant little thing. So I drew the third wall, Homer bursting through with the stopwatch and his hair's kind of disheveled like he's gone his, crazy. His hair, literally, just one hair. His two hairs. He has yeah, two hairs two, that sure. kind of come down and um, and that was the crowning piece around which we did everything else. And it was gigantic and it was like the first thing that went up and when he yeah, first I, did I was it, thinking we, bigger we were, mural type Yeah, things. we were like, whoa, dude, like, 
Go we go easy, upset. Mike. <laughs> we weren't upset by it. We were just like, whoa, you went huge with that. Yeah, and that's... Mike was just kind of like, yeah, I expect everyone to start painting things on here. And we painted the one or two things uh, on there, but mostly it just became kind of a graffiti wall for us to just... Yeah, you guys got drunk our, and just drew... Empty our brains well, on Jeff, it. Well, Jeff was doing a lot of lyrics. Yeah. He wrote some Nirvana lyrics, some, some I did other... some lyrics. Yeah, you did some lyrics and movie I also, quotes. I also did the Buddy Christ. Buddy Christ ended up on there from... That was good. Kevin Smith. Hey, Kevin Smith, will you come on our podcast? I'm a big fan. I listen to a lot. I am, too. So You don't listen to his podcast, though, and that's all I he does. I watch comic book men. Do you? Yes. Okay, all right. So, there. Which comes from one of their podcasts, which Fine. they do in the back... I like on a pool visual, table, right? I like the visual to go with it. So I here's a guy Kevin, doing a podcast. Kevin's not going to believe it, but <laughs> I actually like watching him speak. We had the Buddy Christ on there. We had U2 quotes and, and things from the Zoo TV tour that we like drew on the walls. And, yeah. um, and then Russ came over once and visited, and he drew this awesome little tiny town along the bottom of, like <laughs> near the floor yeah. of just these little stick figure characters who were having crazy adventures. There was like... Uh, 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 ice cream truck that broke down, and there was people trying to help right. the ice cream ice cream truck man That's in the right. front, like with the engine. While on the back, kids were stealing ice cream out of the back, and uh, and he drew all these cool little cars and stuff. And there was all that going on. We drew a giant A's logo, yeah, and represent the Bay Area down in San Diego. And then and some chick Jeff was trying to bone, like defaced it by making it Ashley. Yeah, she wrote H L E Y at the end of it. Yeah. Was that that was the one that said? Oh my God, this song is about me. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. So she came over and after a night where we had some, I don't know, been out at a bar or something and brought this girl back and we were all just hanging out. She ended up in my room for 45 minutes going through my iTunes music and just like listening to all my songs. She was fascinated with my music and everyone's like, yeah, Mike's doing all right with this girl. And I'm like, get her out of here. <laughs> she is so annoying. I'm going to stab her. And eventually, yeah. yes, I was not into her. She was, she had about three brain cells together, which is not my type of chick. And they were fighting. They were all fighting each other. And she, so we, she would come to a song from Weezer's make believe album from like 2005, six ish. And the song was called We Are All on Drugs. And she goes, oh my god. I think it was that song. And she goes, oh my god, this song is about me. And I was just like, kill me. Or get her out here. Kill her or kill me. Because it's one of us. Go. Two months later, maybe, we're watching Family Guy. And there's a sketch about a drunk girl at a party who's falling all over the place. And she makes a joke about, I lit the wrong end of a cigarette. And then she falls over a stereo or something and goes, oh my god, this song is about me. And just all five of us or whoever was in the room just lost it because it was that, <laughs> that Ashley. Chick. That chick. So that wall was pretty cool. but that, So we added to it for about three years. Because it didn't stay blank for long once we were in there. Maybe a few months. and um, And so... By the time we decided to move out, the people who owned the house, I think the owners came by earlier and they, they saw did. that and they kind of went, okay, um, you need to paint over this. This needs to go away. And we were like, what? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and we were surprised that they reacted that way. But, but it was just um, like, you know, come on, we're just going to whitewash it anyway. Like, why not just let us have it while we live here? Right. That was kind of our attitude. And they were just like get rid of it, get rid of it, whatever, just get rid of it. And we were, and we kind of ignored them. And in fact, who was it that started? It was Chadwick? No, or, it was my brilliant was idea. That you? So on the edge of the wall where you round the corner and there's a thin part of the wall, 
you wrote how many days it's been since, since they asked us to paint over this. <laughs> and we were pretty diligent about that. Keeping for a, while. a tally. We, there were some like 40 something days up there for a while. Before we just left it and didn't add anymore, and another year went by. <laughs> Something like that. It was a while since we had stopped. Right, but we just couldn't keep track anymore. And then one day they came over for an inspection. And they saw that. Before we moved out. <laughs> and they saw that. They were too happy about it. No, that. but you know what? It was like Sunshine Real Estate or something. It wasn't. It was just a conglomerate company. That, oh, was it? Yeah, it wasn't oh, okay. a, a person that... Well, there was an owner, but the, the company would manage okay. it. So it was a property manager would come over and be like, you guys can't do this. You guys can't... We're like, whatever. <laughs> we're yeah. renting this place. We don't care. But when we left... We painted several coats of white over that. Yeah, I mean, by the time we left, the, the paint on the wall had covered up everything. Yeah, except, you couldn't... Except for the A's logo, because... Kind of came through a little bit. The way I had painted it, the texture... The texture was there, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so you can still see an imprint of an A's logo on the wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got, like, puff paints or something for that one. It wasn't puff paint, I just used a lot of paint. Yeah, uh, and it was a good-looking logo. Thank and, you. Um, and so we covered that up, and, and we cleaned the hell out of that place before we moved out, like top to bottom, because we just we did not want to get taken to town for the deposit, which I think we still lost some on. Oh, I'm sure we did. It was, at least it wasn't the place that I lived at before. So now we moved out because I remember you and I were at a drive through at Jack in the Box, and you're like, Reuven and I are thinking of moving out. And I was like... But Rob, is it, is it me? I can change. <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? And you guys were just like, I don't know. I just think we're going to get a little more of an adult place. <laughs> it's kind of the, the yeah, sound that of was, it. That was like one of the hardest conversations I ever had to have. Cause really? Yeah. I was well, just kind of like, tell, okay. How do you tell when your best friends are like, get the fuck uh, out. I'm moving, <laughs> but I don't want you to move in with me. <laughs> Right. Mike had his own rules about what he would put up with and what he wouldn't. One of them was, could you keep the drug paraphernalia out of, let's say, the living area? <laughs> <laughs> off the porch. Right. No, um... I was even like, go in the backyard, maybe, but keep it in your bedrooms and stuff. And everyone was like, oh, Jesus, are you guys going to be like, are you going to be like this the whole time, Mike? <laughs> was kind of the attitude. And I was like, yeah, I probably will. So they wanted to have their own little living space. But you guys moved... Um, not downtown, but... Then we moved to North Park. North Park, which was a cool little apartment. Yeah, that was a nice area. Um, very near the park, part of Balboa Park, mm-hmm. where you guys really picked up, and you picked it up when you were still at the Arendo House, disc golf. Oh, yeah. Frolf, as some nerds call it. <laughs> yeah. How much well, money did you spend on... Not much. Those it discs. It like $3. Oh, the disc. Not much more than that. It wasn't like a set of golf clubs. I maybe <laughs> spent two hundred dollars over my entire career at disc golf, like which discs. is like exercise without doing any exercise. <laughs> you would throw this disc. It was and just walk. a nice way to yeah. like be outside and do something yeah. outside, and that was fun without being on a hike. You know what I remember the most about the frisbee golf sessions we would go on is that in San Diego, nobody wears socks and everybody wears sandals, and like flip-flops and stuff so i would be out there in flip-flops and then you'd end up in like the dirt and the, the more tan like bark a foot, like a bush with like woody branches and shit and you're oh, stepping yeah. through it and you're just getting <laughs> jabbed in your foot like i should have been out there with sneaks and and uh full-on socks nobody did that it's just not how you rolled back then oh i did i wore I did wore you? shoes all the time yeah i just I never, never did like I, when i moved to san diego i threw my sneakers and just Anything with laces, oh, away. Yeah, any other thing I was doing was in sandals. <laughs> right, sandals or flip-flops or whatever. 
So I was always out there getting my feet all scratched up and, and just dusty. Like you get that dirt, dusty dirt all yeah, over your well, feet. You know, San Diego, it's, it's, it's a desert town. Yes. Despite being on the water, it's definitely a desert town. Right. So that was the thing I remember the most about that. And when I'd sink a few from quite a distance and be like, yeah, I'm like a Frisbee golf natural. Yeah, it's a sense um, of accomplishment they come from. <laughs> and then I would suck the rest of the game, like, horribly. Um, but, uh, yeah, you guys moved there, and I moved up to uh, North County because yeah. I ended up shooting – I ended up working with some people who um, wanted me to be the camera person on a documentary they were shooting um, that had already right, shot – working on that for a long time. Yeah, and it was a good source of income for a while. It was frustrating, but I learned a lot. Um as an editor, but they had this guy go to the top of Mount Everest and they had a cameraman go with him and they had all this footage. So I came back and interpreted all that footage and, um, logged and captured everything off of tapes back when we still use tapes. And then I went around the country with them. This was when we, was this still in the Arendo house? No, no, you were in Vista. Cause I did do some crazy touring around New York and stuff when that was still for that film. So anyway, I moved up to Vista and I actually lived in three places in Vista. <laughs> it took me a while to find a place that I was happy with. Hmm. I moved in with an absolutely crazy old lady. I mean, certifiable, should have been at Arkham Asylum, like, bad, bad crazy. You remember? You helped me move into that place. And she had two dogs that were, like, wild dogs she found in Mexico. And she was just a mess. She, was, she had a lot of money from a real estate career from years and years and years ago. But she was, like, alcoholic and probably doing meth or something she was like a meth head she was nuts huh. and i lived there for a little under a year like maybe nine months and i was just out of there as fast as i could um and then i moved to uh another house i'm trying to think what the other house was um oh i lived in this house also in vista again i wanted to be near the the, the people's house where i was going to be working every day which was in vista and i would go sit at basically their kitchen counter and work on a computer all day yeah. for about a year um maybe more and, uh, this other house I moved into, I had a room and then there was like five other guys that had a room and nobody ever, there was no common living area because the owners of this house lived next door and they made this other house just bedrooms. They turned living rooms into bedrooms. They turned the garage into bedrooms and they just rented everything out. And one common kitchen for like five or six renters. I didn't even know some of the other people. I just hid in my room. It was fucking horrible. Um, awful. It was horrible. So I got out of there as quick as I could, and I ended up living in a house with a couple twin brothers in Vista. And you came up a couple times. I think we did a barbecue out there one time, and mm -hmm. yeah, um, they were that. totally cool. I loved living with them. And then eventually, work dried up, and I went. I don't know what to do because I'm up in Vista. I don't really have anyone I can live with down <laughs> in San Diego anymore. So uh, I went home with my tail between my legs and went. Oh, did I don't you know try what to LA do. for a while? I did. There was. I, I had some interviews in LA and they just went nowhere. Huh. Um, and the worst one was at CBS and I actually got my ass handed to me in an interview there because this guy was like, okay, let's see, let's test your knowledge. And he would ask me all these questions about things that were so technical that as somebody who looks at editing as more of an art than operating a machine, you know, mm -hmm. which you are, you're operating a program on a computer and doing some technical stuff, but I'm much more into the art form of it. Um, I couldn't keep up with everything he was asking about and, and formats for this and this and all these broadcast things that I'd never worked with. And I had to admit, I didn't know all this stuff. And this guy's name was Al Kennedy and he might still be at CBS. I think I'd talk to people later when I know Al Kennedy. Yeah, he's a big name. What happened was I went up there 
and they had an emergency. I had an appointment with this guy. Someone like passed out and an ambulance came and got them. Someone who worked in the office there just, okay. and they said, can you come back? Now I had to drive like, what is that? A hundred miles from San Diego to LA, something like that. Yeah, probably. So I had to drive back home and come back like the next week. And they were totally like, oh my God, thank you for doing this. They were totally, and I thought I was gaining points by being like, whatever you need guys, I'm here for you. You know, put on another suit and another tie. No, I only have one suit and tie. <laughs> um, and so then I went, back and I had this interview and they got my ass handed to me but Al Kennedy did me one of the best favors I could ever get in this industry was he went to to paraphrase what it felt like for me he was like you don't belong here but I'm gonna do you a favor and tell you to run run as fast as you can don't come back don't look back just run away from here really I mean that's basically the attitude he was saying he's like I know people like you and I know the people that, that are successful here in Hollywood are the ones who just bury their head and take the bullshit and deal in the bullshit for years and maybe they make it. And he's like, if you don't want to have to do that, go make a name for yourself somewhere else. And basically that's where I got the idea of if, if I do something well enough, Hollywood will come calling to me. If I go to Hollywood and beg Hollywood for a name for myself, it could be forever and it may never happen. So I kind of felt like I'd rather be a big fish in a small pond, which is kind of what being in the Bay Area allows you to be, as opposed to everyone down in Hollywood that wants to be a big star and be the latest screenwriter. Be the I biggest want to be a big star. Who doesn't, right? No, I don't, but... actually. <laughs> I, I'd much rather, like, if I was going to be in Hollywood, I'd much rather be famous by, like, being a writer or, like, somebody right, who that doesn't, still counts somebody as a big doesn't star. really have, like, a face. In Hollywood, so that because I this, think being famous right now is a curse. It probably is getting the paparazzi following you around and like oh, People Magazine. We should have about, laws. Like, we should have why laws you should them. have ordered chicken instead of the steak you ordered for dinner. <laughs> bullshit like that. Like right. Okay. So I don't. I think that's a small price to pay for having millions of dollars. Maybe, but maybe. Um, but maybe not. Honestly, maybe. so um, I want to be. I've always wanted to be a writer director of my own films. Maybe someday that'll happen. Right now, I'm a well, semi. You have to write or direct actual movies. Well, I've done a little bit of that, but I'm right now I'm in making money mode, but still within the realm of the production world. And so, I've got a semi-successful business. It's getting better every year. I've been looking at my income over the last few years, and it's been doubling every year for like the last three years. So uh, hopefully, this year is gonna really kick some butt. And um, you know, I am looking to do. Um, some projects like that in the near future. But, uh, so, so just to kind of wrap it up, I came back up to Northern California. Uh, I lived with my parents for a little while, like maybe a year and, uh, they had already turned my bedroom into something else. So I basically lived in the dining room. Was it a rocket ship? <laughs> no, they turned it into a dinosaur. Oh. No, they turned it into my mom's like office basically. Oh. So my dad had an office downstairs. My mom had an office upstairs, which was my old childhood bedroom, which was probably good that I didn't go back to that. So um, eventually, I moved out of the dining room where I had been living. It was friggin' horrible. It was I hated. I can't, it. I can't imagine. I, I can't and I imagine looked for that. jobs, and I found a job that was in sales, and I hated it, and all this stuff. So um, finally, went to a career counselor who really, I mean, he and I ended up doing a lot of work together. But it came down to you need to go into business for yourself. That's really where your mental, your mentality is. That's where your personality is. That's what you need to do. So three and some change years ago, I started doing MediaWorks video productions. 
and it's been going great ever since. And now you've just moved up here from San Diego mm -hmm. with your lovely wife. You bought a house. Right. Things seem to be going well. And to kind of wrap it up, that's where we're at right now. And then they decided to do a podcast. Dot, dot, dot. That's where we're at. Ellipses. So that's kind of rounding up an hour here for our podcast. So I'm going to wrap it up. But that's three episodes in the bag. Yeah. We're rocking and rolling. Pounds. Boom. Blowing it up. Yeah. I just did one of those fist pound things. You know what I, I like to do is when you blow it up and then you... Like there's you like a like jerk, jerk motion? It. What is that? That's it. disgusting. That's hilarious. <laughs> you just do a jerk motion that. before the explosion? And then, and then, yeah, and then you blow it up. That, how old are you, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's another story for another time. Right? <laughs> so that's where I'm we're going to we're gonna drop the needle uh, or pick the needle up, I guess, because uh, it's... Yeah, we're not dropping the needle. That already right, started. Right, yeah, that we need starting it. So that we're at the end of this vinyl record. Picking the needle up. Or, or maybe this is one of those ones where it picks itself up at the end of the record and moves the needle over the arm over to the edge. Well, if the needle was picking itself up, that means we would just get cut off and... And make that noise? Yeah. Yeah, that didn't turn no, it off. No, that but didn't turn it off? We will cut it off right there. Oh, see, I thought I had it. <laughs> and, uh, oop, I dropped my phone. That's okay. So we will catch you guys on the flip side with another episode of the Mike and Rob Podcast. Signing off, my name's Mike. My name's Rob. This is Mike and Rob Podcast. Check you later. Suckers.